the Purple Mafia with your host, Paladino Joey. Well, we'll see. The doctors would disagree, but what do they know? So let's just say that you'll pay me because it's in your interest to pay me. Is it worth it? I mean, you've won. You want to wipe everybody out? I don't feel I have to wipe everybody out, Tom. It's just my enemy. That's all. My father taught me many things. He taught me, keep your friends close, put your enemies close. These are wonderful things that we've achieved, and there's no limit to where we can go from here. Welcome to the family here on Purple Mafia. Today is Monday, March 8th, 2010. It is also my brother's 32nd birthday, so a happy birthday wish to him right here on air. If by chance he is nice enough to listen. Um, (laughs) It is also the 60th episode of Purple Mafia today, so yet another milestone for the show, which is definitely growing here in the Twin Cities. Very exciting indeed. Purple Mafia is also is available on the sportstuff.com and on iTunes. I thank each and every one of you always for downloading and listening to this show. Appreciate it very, very much indeed. Well, there's been lots of news in the NFL, lots of signings, lots of headlines, and well, Chester Taylor is no longer on the Minnesota Vikings. That's one headline. Also the because he went to the Chicago Bears, that's the team he went to. Well, at least it wasn't the Packers, I guess, but yeah, it's the Bears. Oh, goody. Oh, yeah, and Julius Peppers also went to the Bears. Great. So now they're getting a little bit better over there in Chicago. Um, Detroit's been trying to make some moves. But when you look at the current uh, little headlines here, <laughs> the Eagles are going to pay uh, the roster bonus for Michael Vick, so they're going to keep him. Big Ben gets a lawyer for sexual assault case, so that's a... Uh, not good news for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Donovan McNabb and T.O. to team up for TV. Oh, goody, who cares? Eagles keep Anthony, Anthony Avent, no, just Avent, <laughs> for a five-year deal. <laughs> I don't know why I said that name. The Jacksonville Jaguars take Campman away from the uh, Green Bay Packers. That's good news for Minnesota. Definitely good news there, though. Campman was not having a good year last season, unfortunately for him. But he's gone from the Packers. Oh, bummer. I feel so bad for the Green Bay Packers and losing Campman. The Seattle, the Steelers, excuse me, sign Battle and Allen. So there you go there. Wide receiver Battle, safety Allen. And the Vikings headline, well, did they sign anybody? Did they sign Brian Westbrook? Did they sign LaDainian Tomlinson? Well, no, the only uh, Viking headline right now is that the Minnesota Vikings... And the William and the, the the Vikings Williams versus NFL trial begins. That's the only headline with the Minnesota Vikings. Holy crap, Batman! Yeah, pretty exciting, pretty exciting stuff. Real exciting. Uh, it's been a nice start to the off season. Well, <laughs> honest to God, a lot like last year's. I hate to say, not very exciting either. Really. Yeah, we tried to get T.J. Hushmanzada and did not get him. Though at the same time, I don't think we needed him as much as uh, it may have seemed at the current time. But that's a whole other story for another day and whatever. 
Yeah. So the guest of the show today, we are going to talk about first. We're going to first talk about that Williams trial date. So now that that thing just won't go away, will it? I mean, it seems like twenty years ago that this whole uh, the purple pill eaters, the Williams Wall, the purple pill eaters. Unfortunately, the water pill or whatever they call it. it seems like this story started like two years ago. It's still going on. It still isn't over. Ugh. Will it ever end? Will it ever end? Oh, and the other brief thing, yeah, Brett Favre appeared on Jay Leno and basically said, well, I haven't made my decision yet, and uh, what a surprise. <laughs> the good news is he's not he's not talking negatively, and yeah, folks, Brett Favre's coming back. Just so you know out there, yeah, about 80% chance Brett Favre's coming back. Uh, right now, I think the only reason Brett Favre would not come back would be because we lose too many players and don't add anybody, and he's just like, you know, it's just it's not the same situation as last year. Screw it, you know. I just I don't think it's going to work out. Um, and of course, yeah, the health issues with E.J. Henderson, Antoine Winfield, and Cedric Griffin. And of course, we may even lose Benny Sapp. Oh goody, we might lose our Nickelback, who became a starter because uh, Antoine Winfield's injury was so severe last year; it just never really recovered. The Liz Frank injury. Oh goody. Well, there is a defensive back out there, just hot off the wire from Judd Zalgad. I'll get to that in a bit near the end of the show. There is a defensive back the Vikings are going after, finally. So there's finally something, maybe some activity going on with the Vikings. And, of course, we'll also get to who the Vikings might be targeting at the running back position. Might surprise you guys a little teeny tiny bit. Might surprise you a little bit, or at least there's a better chance they'd be going in his direction rather than uh, another running back's direction. Very interesting. All of that information, courtesy of Judd Zolgad, who, by the way, folks, I'm going to say it right now, Judd Zolgad, nice enough to uh, reply to me on Twitter. Judd Zolgad, nice enough to reply to the Purple Mafia show on Twitter. Very, very cool indeed. So now I'm getting on their radar a little bit. That's good stuff. Uh, Purple Mafia show's moving up in the world a little bit here. It's uh, very exciting. And I'd like you guys also to please uh, follow that Twitter it is twitter.com forward slash purple mafia show. Twitter.com forward slash purple mafia show. There are no slashes or anything. It is all one word. Purple mafia show. One big word. So you get the idea. Yeah. I'll be getting to what Judd Zolgad said very shortly as well. So that's pretty much the gist. It's, yeah, we're going to pretty much talk a little bit. We're going to talk about free agency. That's pretty much all it is. And, of course, this stupid uh, deal with the Vikings, unfortunately. This thing just never seems to go away. <laughs> we're going to get to that pretty right about now. As the <laughs> defensive tackles, Kevin Williams, Kevin and Pat Williams played all last season while challenging their four-game suspensions for testing positive for a banned diuretic during the training camp of 2008. Yeah, it's been that long. It has been almost two years, folks. The NFL wanted the case decided in federal court, but it instead wound up before a Minnesota judge. And, of course, that guy's name was Gary Larson. Sounds a lot like a former Purple People Eater. <laughs> it's the same name. It's not the same guy. It's just I just thought that was interesting, and he's the guy that said the Vikings are eligible to play the entire season. It's, uh, you know, we thought it may be, we were hoping maybe it would go away, but a lot of us knew it just wouldn't, unfortunately, because it just never does. And I've never really seen anything draw out this long. It's really weird. And uh, I can't imagine the possibility of these two guys 
Kevin and Pat Williams being suspended for four games next year would uh, help Brett Favre's decision on saying yes, coming back to the Vikings. Though, yeah, I am still pretty convinced he will be coming back. It's just uh, if there is that little 20% or whatever that he could say no, I think it would be more in that direction, not because he doesn't want to play or because of injuries. I think he wants to play. It's a matter of, though, he wants to win. He's not coming back for anything but the ring, and folks... I wouldn't have it any other way. I mean, I want to win the championship next year so badly. It's, it's uh, unbelievable. Um, it's just, uh, it just seems like a never-ending deal. As this thing is starting today. The long-running battle over whether the NFL can suspend the two defensive tackles goes to trial Monday, March 8th. That's today, of course. <laughs> Minnesota State Court. So it's in Minnesota again. Oh, goody. A judge will consider whether the league can be forced to comply with Minnesota law enforcing drug policies. Fun stuff. That was, of course, September 20, 2009, last year, when, uh, yeah, as mentioned, Gary Larson let the Vikings go. That was fun stuff. NFL spokesman Greg Ayalo calls the lawsuit a state law end around that can determine all anti-doping policies in sports. Wow, so they're really, that can undermine, not determine, undermine all anti-doping policies in sports. So basically he's saying, you know, this is bull crap. You know, are you going to let everybody get away with this stuff? That's basically what he's saying. Um, he continues, most of the claims in the, in the state law case have already been dismissed, but for an anti-doping policy to be effective on a national basis for leagues that have teams in many states, there must be uniform standards that cannot be cherry-picked state by state based on different state laws. And that's what he said on Friday in a statement. Again, he's an NFL spokesman. As, uh, yep, they were tested positive two years ago for the banned substance bometanide. It's just a, yeah, it's a never-ending deal. <laughs> the Williamsons, who, yeah, the Williamsons, of course, are not related. I'm just reading the article here. <laughs> contend the NFL is their employer and had to comply with Minnesota law requiring notice of a positive drug test within three business days. Their attorney, Peter Ginsburg, said the league has erratically managed the policy and kept obviously important information from the players. It's just a never-ending story, isn't it, folks? He continues, We believe strongly that the NFL steroid policy has the potential of being the best organized sports anti-doping program. Unfortunately, the NFL has manipulated and mismanaged that policy, so our hope is the policy after this trial will be stronger and better. It's just, uh, basically, that's pretty much the guest. I mean, I don't even want to continue anymore on this. I don't want to bore you listeners out there getting into law. It's more or less... It, it To me, it just seems like something that ain't going to go away anytime soon. But then again, hopefully when this case, whatever it is, whatever the outcome is, hopefully this is the end of it one way or another. And, yeah, you hope and pray to God that uh, this will finally bring some closure. And the Vikings, of course, will have the Williams Wall for all 16 games, at least available for them, health <laughs> provided, that they will be available all 16 games. And, uh, yeah. For the sake of time and for the sake of uh, you listenership, the, your listenership out there, I'm going to move on very quickly. Yeah, the Vikings did lose Chester Taylor at the opening of free agency. That was fun stuff. Really fun stuff, wasn't it? It sure was. 
as with one stroke of the pen, Chester Taylor helped the NFC North. One NFC North team hurt another. <sighs> the quotes on, <laughs> on the Chicago Bears official website, of course, this is where you're going to get the quotes because of the press conference. Uh, lots of fun stuff. His comments are, I'm pretty sure it's going to be kind of strange because I know a lot of players over there. It will be fun, though. Going out there to play against them is going to be exciting. As Taylor's role is yet to be defined with the Bears, but he doesn't seem to mind. So, very interesting there, indeed. You have Matt Forte, who in, well, I know this sounds lame, but a lot of fantasy drafts, he was ranked probably number four overall. Number four overall, folks. And yeah, that's generally running back, so he's the fourth best running back in the league. Going into last season, and he had a very harsh sophomore slump, did Matt Forte for the Chicago Bears, but the guy clearly has, uh, <clears throat> forgive the analogy yet again, Brian Westbrook-like talent, being he can do a lot of, uh, he can do a lot of both running and receiving. Yeah, I like to say Brian Westbrook a lot, don't I? You can kind of tell I like him a lot, can't you? <laughs> I wouldn't have minded, uh, I wouldn't mind the thought of him being on the team would have been fun also if we had him when he was a lot younger, <laughs> back when we really had no running back, when we had Michael Bennett and a committee of, of crap. The committee of crap. That's basically what the uh, running back situation was in Minnesota. Yeah, with old Wizenator himself. But we'll move on. Excuse me. <laughs> Taylor continues. They didn't tell me anything. This is football. It's always competitive. People come in and compete every day. I just want to help the team win right now, and that's just boring Toting the company line, Lottie freaking duh. Uh, Taylor's excited about playing for New Bears offensive coordinator Mike Martz. Yep, Mike Martz again, who has become a, uh, he's become an NFL journeyman <laughs> offensive coordinator. Remember, he was the St. Louis Rams uh, stud offensive coordinator when they won the championship with Kurt Warner and the boys. Marshall Falk, my all-time favorite running back, Marshall Falk, who's like a super Brian Westbrook, basically, yeah, basically. And a super-duper Reggie Bush, like way better than Reggie Bush, by the way. I might want to get that little shot in there. A lot better, yeah. What? Um, Mike Martz. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, how much really, how much stock do you put into Mike Martz? I'm going to I'm gonna hold the article for now, you know, or not the article, but the, excuse me, the quotes. I'm going to hold on the quotes for now. Is uh, How much stock can you really put into Mike Martz? The, uh, remember how, yeah, he was great as a coordinator with, yeah, Kurt Warner, Isaac Bruce, Marshall Falk, <laughs> Torrey Holt. Yeah, those guys tend to make you look pretty good, especially when they were the second best offense of NFL history behind the 98 Minnesota Vikings, who were the greatest offense of all time, all time, the bar none, you know, other than maybe the Patriots last a couple of years ago, 07 Patriots, that was a, something. <laughs> Heck, and they even mentioned Marshall Falk here. I'm going to get to that in a sec. <laughs> Funny, great minds think alike. Uh, yeah, Mike Martz was the uh, offensive coordinator in Detroit in 07, you know, the year that I really first started into the media. I finally got off my at my quickly aging ass and got into, finally got into media, which I should have done like 15 years ago. <laughs> um, but I continue again. The offensive coordinator with the Detroit Lions, Detroit Lions, and they were talking about how John Kitna was going to throw 50 touchdown passes. It's the best offense of all time with Kelvin Johnson and Roy Williams. Best offense of all time. No, it wasn't the best offense of all time. In fact, it just it looked fairly stagnant, and uh, 
not once really did you see any explosiveness in that in in that offense. And Mike Martz quickly was no longer with the Detroit Lions. Went on to the uh, San Francisco 49ers. Well, their offense wasn't much either. Now, of course, they didn't have the guns like uh, even Detroit did in uh, with, with those two great receivers and John Kidna, who's a he's a who's an above average quarterback with the right pieces at times. Kitna form, you know, he's no longer really playing anymore. Uh, San Francisco, of course, the weapon's even weaker. But still, you had a good running game in San Francisco. And Vernon Davis is a pretty good tight end. Um, but at the same time, Mike Martz, the guy, the guy's overrated. <laughs> the guy's overrated. He was overrated as a head coach of St. Louis also, as you remember what happened that year. Though, of course, that can start a whole major debate of what happened in the Super Bowl. I'm not even going to go there. I'm not even going to go there. We'll just leave it at that, though. So now we get to Mike Martz. As Chester Taylor is very excited to be playing under Mike Martz. As he's just he's so much better than than uh, the Vikings, I guess. <laughs> well, it's the money thing too, and a lot of people, uh, including Judge Zolgad, mentioned that uh, it is about the money with Chester Taylor. It's more about the money than winning, actually, with Chester Taylor. And uh, that that was actually I was really sad and disappointed to hear that, to be honest, because I really really like Chester Taylor a lot. I, I really do. I mean, I mentioned his name on this show the last two years about as much as anybody. I mean, I talked about him all the time. So, yeah, I, I was kind of hurt when I heard that. It's it's disappointing. And I know you got to be about the money a little bit, but at the same time, that's that sucks to hear. So now we finally continue to Chester Taylor's comments. In Mike Mart's offense, I see how Marshall Falk was used, and I'm just willing to come in. And try to play that role. Wow, that's a big role. <laughs> and any way I can help my team win, I'm going to. I'm going to do. And um, hey, yeah, that's the one good thing about Chester Taylor and Matt Forte. They're both good at receiving yards as well. Like Marshall Falk was probably about the best ever at it in terms of running backs. He was about as good of a receiving running back as you're ever going to get. He was the kind of guy who could get a thousand yards running, and of course he's going to do that. But a thousand yards receiving as well. I mean, the guy is just a, a total yards, super duper duper star was Marshall Falk. Of course, he, we know that Chester Taylor started with the Ravens, signed with the Vikings in 2006. I thought he was the most valuable player on in Minnesota with 1,216 yards, six touchdowns. Not really the touchdown guy you'd think out of a fairly powerful guy. Um, hard to say. Taylor though. Not a happy camper. I mean, a lot of people knew he wasn't all too happy with that. The Vikings took Adrian Peterson in 07 with the seventh overall pick. But it's one of those things. You had to do it. You had to do it. Just like the Timberwolves might have to do with uh, John Wall if they get the number one overall pick in the NBA draft. It's one of those things. You can't draft a need when you got a super-duper stud sitting right there. Even if your best player plays the same position, you got to do it. Michael Jordan was passed by the Portland Trailblazers because they had Clyde Drexler. I know that's a different sport, but it's the same exact problem. You pass on a guy for a need, yeah, sure, the knee, the guy that fills that need might be above average, but he's not going to be at the same level of an Adrian Peterson or a Jordan or whatever. You get the idea. Or maybe John Wall will be in the NBA. Um, It's going to be really interesting indeed to see how that turns out. So now we continue with Chester Taylor here as we're about to close it. My first year at Minnesota, I got my feet wet, but I never got the opportunity to see what I could do 
the year after. I'm just looking for another opportunity to showcase my talent and help my team win. As Taylor acknowledged that it was difficult to leave the Vikings. It was very hard for me to leave Minnesota. They did give me the opportunity to start when I first came out of Baltimore. It was hard leaving them because we all came together as one group. The coaching staff and a few other players, but I'm pretty sure they understand what I had to do as far as for my family and the best decision I was going to make for my future. So, translation, it was kind of about the money. It just kind of was, and he basically admitted it there. And, of course, the Vikings, you know, there's only so much the Vikings could pay him. Um, it's just one of those things, and it, it's a bummer. But uh, make some comments here, though. I mean, I'm not really convinced about... I mean, that's one thing I don't really agree with. But I never got the opportunity to see what I could do the year after. Yeah, in a full season, but at the same time, the guy clearly... We knew what he could do. I mean, I don't know if I totally agree with that. I mean, I think the guy was showcased quite a bit. I, and I understand having to watch a star... Play, play at your position while you have to sit on the sidelines and watch can get awfully frustrating. But at the same time, how valuable was Chester Taylor? I mean, he was immensely valuable. And remember when Adrian Peterson was hurt with that, uh, I believe it was a MCL? Yeah, MCL. He was out for a couple of weeks. He was an MCL strain. Up, uh, out for two weeks, I believe it was, or maybe it was three. Back in 07, Chester Taylor was awesome against the San Francisco 49ers. He absolutely destroyed the 49ers with their improving, young, improving defense at the time. Um, so, yeah, he saw what he could do, so I don't know if I really buy that. And, uh, of course, as you got to say, he was the best, the best third down running back in the entire NFL the last couple of years. It was spectacular. Last three years, I'll say, yes. Um, we're going to miss the hell out of him, man. <laughs> I'm going to miss the hell out of Chester Taylor. And I'm a little disappointed by some of the stuff he said. It's not the worst ever, but at the same time, it's not it's not the best ever either. It's just it's not like the Vikings told him we don't want you. You know that kind of bugs me a little bit. And by the way, the deal the deal was a four year, twelve point five million dollar contract. So just to get that done, as now the Vikings officially can join the race because they. Had to lose a running back, or lose a running back. They had to lose a, a free agent to gain a free agent. Well, now they're uh, they're eligible, but nothing's been done still. Oh, come on! Nothing's been done still. Vasante uh, Shenko comments on what happened with Chester Taylor. We're definitely going to miss him. He's definitely a very talented part of our offense, and he made very big plays. Every time he got the ball, that's going to be a big void to be filled. And ain't that the truth? Ain't that the truth? Seven million will be guaranteed for Chester Taylor in his first year, so that's another major thing. Vikings probably could not reach that amount. That's just there's just no way. There's just no way that was going to happen. As uh, yep, the uh, the two running backs, Danian Tomlinson and Brian Westbrook, are at the top of the possible running back uh, deal right now for the Vikings. But Danian Tomlinson, though, only averaged 3.3 yards per carry last year. That was pretty frustrating. Only about 700 yards and, like, five touchdowns. Not the greatest year for Danian Tomlinson. And Brian Westbrook had two concussions last season. Two concussions. That's another thing to be pretty scary and has a history of leg and knee injuries. But, uh, yeah, 
to me, Westbrook is more similar to Chester Taylor, and uh, all the running backs are the same age. Taylor, of course, by far had the least mileage. That's another thing that his value is off the charts. And the guy, yeah, he deserves to start in the NFL. It's just still, ugh. Sometimes you go for the ring. Maybe you leave after we win the Super Bowl. Uh, I guess it's just one of those deals. We should have, <laughs> if you're going to win the Super Bowl, we should have already had it by now. And that sucks. <laughs> We're going to give it one more try here. Hopefully Mr. Favre returns. You get the idea. But yeah, Ladanian Tomlinson and Brian Westbrook. Who do you think Judd Zolgad, when he was nice enough to respond to me? As I mentioned about, uh, I asked anything new on Westbrook or LT and are any DBs on the radar? Are any defensive backs on the radar? As you remember my little rant at the end of last show, episode number 59, about the Vikings defensive back situation, that it's one of those deals if I was a coach on this staff. I'd be losing sleep thinking about the defensive back situation because it is scary. As I'll just review it very briefly real quick. <laughs> yeah, I might remind you guys. Cedric Griffin, torn ACL, God knows when he'll be back. Liz Frank, Antoine Winfield, not really sure if and when he's going to recover. Not sure what's going on. Benny Sapp might be a free agent. Jared Allen, Jared Allen. Uh, Asher Allen did not look good. Carl Pema has already been let go. Um, so who's going to play in the, so who's going to be the cornerbacks? Yeah, that might be, that might be a good question to ask Judd Zalgad, I would think. <laughs> Yeah, that might be a good question to ask him, besides the uh, more sexy question of the who's going to be the, the number two running back on this team, the big name number two running back. Um, and, of course, the safeties, you know, I'm going to say it right here on the air. The safeties sucked last year. I mean, I'd be stunned to hear anybody argue with me that the safeties were even decent last year. I thought they were horrendous. I thought they were awful. So now we're going to get to... Uh, Judd Zolgad's reply to my short little tweet to him. His response is, haven't heard any DBs, and that's frustrating. Though we'll get to that again in a second, as finally one is surfacing. Get excited, folks. <laughs> but he heard there's a better chance LT than Brian Westbrook. Really? There's a better chance that it would be LaDainian Tomlinson than Brian Westbrook. You'd think with the connections to the Philadelphia Eagles and the similarity that Brian Westbrook has to Chester Taylor versus LaDainian Tomlinson, you'd think the Vikings would be clo closer to uh, Brian Westbrook, but apparently, according to Judd Zolgad, that's simply not the case. And again, I appreciate that from Judd, if you're listening. Very, very cool indeed. That is uh, awesome to get a reply from him on Twitter. Always helpful. One of the major uh, Star Tribune columnists in this town, in the sports part. Um... So, yeah, that's a very interesting thought right there. LaDainian Tomlinson over Brian Westbrook, that's somewhat surprising to me. Uh, is it, to me, the question is, is it the money? Is it health? Is it a better fit? Right now, really, I, I, I'm not sure. I would think Brian Westbrook would be the better fit. It might be money. I don't know. Or maybe Westbrook's on the verge of signing somewhere. Uh, I thought I heard on Saturday that LaDainian Tomlinson had signed with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Apparently, no, that was... Catman of the Green Bay Packers. That was Catman going to the Packers, and that's good. Good for both reasons. So LaDainian Tomlinson's still floating out there. Maybe he'll be, maybe he will come here. 
And uh, yeah, as we'll say a million times, the thought of Ladanian Tomlinson being here might be might not be all that bad for multiple reasons. Because a guy like that in the same locker room as Adrian Peterson could really motivate AP in a big way. Because what happened the last time Ladanian Tomlinson was in the Metrodome? Adrian Peterson set the single game record for yards in NFL history. Oh, and by the way, he added three touchdowns as well. Yeah, if you had him on your fantasy football team, if you didn't win, boy, your team sucks. <laughs> yeah, just uh, absolutely amazing. And uh, you know that LaDainian Tomlinson's presence had something to do with that. I mean, P- players get up when another big player, especially one that they admire over the years, you know, one who's older than them that they admire, like LaDainian Tomlinson for Adrian Peterson. Another powerful running back who had just an amazing career with the San Diego Chargers. Set single season records for touchdowns. Um, and I gotta think Peterson wants to do that this coming year. Do something close to that. At 18 last year, very nice year in the touchdown category. Uh, I gotta think Thomason could possibly help him out with the turnovers. Um, so I'm not disappointed or anything. Trust me. I mean, Ladanian Thompson was my favorite player in the NFL for a while there. I'm going to admit it right wholeheartedly right now. Tim or Randy Moss basically were my two favorite players in all of football the last seven, eight, well, Moss since 98, but Tomlinson since he got going in 01. Um, hey, I wouldn't be all too disappointed to have Lenin Tomlinson here, regardless if his numbers weren't all too great. It's not like you're going to give him the ball every second, um, but of course he would play fill some type of role. And you got to think with Brett Favre at quarterback, it could help at least a little bit to possibly draw some attention away from Ladinian Tomlinson. Though I know Phillip Rivers is a good quarterback too, but possibly in this offense it could be a little bit easier on uh, with a little better passing game because the receivers are better here in Minnesota. Uh, a little more freedom for Ladinian Tomlinson when he does get to play in the games. Uh, it did help Peterson last year, especially in the touchdown category. So we'll see how that goes. Just an interesting thought by Judd Zelgad there, to be honest. So I'm going to actually, I'm going to take a quick break here before I get to uh, the uh, that defensive bat possibility that's surfacing here right right this afternoon, hot off the press. Uh, I'm going to tease to that. going to take a quick break. We'll be right back after this. We are back here on Purple Mafia, episode number 60, which is a reminder for iPod users, Microsoft Zoom, and all that good stuff. Thank you again for joining me. Do check out my other two podcasts, by the way, Timberwolves Explosion and Brave the Wild, which are available on the sportsstuff.com and on iTunes. There, now that I got that out of the way, Judd Zolgad returns, he returns with something pretty, pretty, you know, at least there's a, there's a pulse. The Vikings... Finally have a pulse here in the free agents market here. Unfortunately, they're not alone in chasing this player. As Judd Zelgud reports, that pro football chalk reports, <laughs> forgive me for using that word twice, the Bengals and Vikings are interested in former Lions cornerback Philip Buchanan. Philip Buchanan, not a bad player. Do it. Really not a bad player at all. Uh, first round pick in, in uh, 2002. He is 29 years old, turns 30 on September 19th. 
As again, yep, 17th overall pick by the Oakland Raiders. Had a fairly decent career. In fact, uh, he's had some pretty good years, especially in his early Oakland. Second year with Oakland, he had six interceptions. He had three interceptions in his third year, two in his rookie year, by the way. Uh, struggled in Houston with injuries. The numbers were not really there. He qu- quickly left there for Tampa Bay. His uh, numbers definitely moved up there significantly in a better defensive scheme. Left Tampa Bay after everything basically blew up there at the end of the year when they were really good for a while and everything just absolutely exploded. I don't know. I really, to this day, don't know what happened over there in Tampa Bay. It's just weird. It's weird to think what happened in Tampa Bay. How good they were about midway to three-fourths about through through the year to what they to how they finished and what they <laughs> what they were last year. It was uh, weird, folks. It's like they fell down a black hole or something. So now Philip Buchanan, leaving a bad situation in Tampa Bay, goes to a stellar, stellar team. That's right, the two and fourteen who were far, who were zero and sixteen when he when they signed him, Detroit Lions. Philip Buchanan. Played 13 games and had a mediocre season. No interceptions. Buchanan known to get a couple of turnovers. Uh, didn't have the worst season ever. Missed three games, though, unfortunately for him. Um, he had four passes deflected. As, yeah, you look at the pass deflects, too. He was very good in Tampa Bay. He was uh, very good in Oakland. But in Houston and Detroit, almost nothing. Houston was an absolute disaster, though. It really was. Detroit, he was okay. He was okay. Um, I gotta think in a better defensive scheme here in Minnesota, or even Cincinnati. Cincinnati has a better defensive scheme. I mean, most people do than Detroit, but uh, Cincinnati actually has a pretty good defensive scheme. Um, I gotta think Philip Buchanan in Minnesota would be a good thing. I really do. I would be all over it to be honest, as long as the money was right. I gotta think also. Yeah, it's time to move Antoine Winfield to safety. That's again. That's. Defensive back talk again. Aren't you guys excited? It's defensive back talk again. Not going to get into quarterback other than I basically already said what I'm going to say about Brett Favre. I think he's coming back. And uh, the Jay Leno thing, kind of his little twinkle in his eye, you saw it, that he's going to come back. So there's my comment on the quarterback situation. He, he had a twinkle in his eye, folks. He's coming back. Um, but, no, like I'm saying, I think Philip Buchanan would come here and would start immediately. And, of course, he'd start because you don't know when uh, – Cedric Griffin would come back, and at the same time, Antoine Winfield, regardless if he's healthy or not, I think it's time to move him to safety, and uh, that'd be the strong safety position. And you consider get, you strongly consider getting rid of Medea Williams or benching Tyrell Johnson. Maybe you go that direction. Uh, Antoine Winfield is is a great tackler, though. Now he's he's not a ball hawk. He never has been, never will be, and he can't catch either. So that's you know free safety. You want to get a little bit of ball hawking going on. And of course, they're also the kind of guy who's, uh, you know, he backs up the strong safety. Make sure you get the tackles down, you know. But uh, yeah, Antron Winfield would be better served as the strong safety on this team, a lot better than uh, Medea Williams, I would think. And I'd be uh, I'd be pretty happy with the possibility, Cedric Griffin, Philip Buchanan, and Antron Winfield together like that out, out there possibly with Tyrell Johnson or you look for another free safety and of course the draft you got to get at least one safety in the draft probably a cornerback as well maybe Asher Allen emerges is something they even talked about him as a safety as well 
In fact, I believe he played some safety in college, if I, my memory serves correctly. And he is a good hitter. So there you go again. Um, he's been a uh, he's kind of middle of the road ball hawk. He's not really Mister Interception or anything, but he'll he'll get a couple, um, kind of like Buchanan, I guess you could say. He's not like he's going to get nineteen interceptions or something like like Darren Sharper when he's going, but uh, at least there's finally a pulse in the defensive back <laughs> category for the Vikings in the free agency, and uh, I'm very pleased to hear that at least they're pursuing a. Fairly, fairly well-known guy out there, um, and a guy who's he's not too young and he's not too old. He's 29. Still got, still got some seasons left. He's had a few injuries issues a few years ago in Houston, but he's been fairly durable, though he missed three games last year. So we'll see how things go. Hopefully, he can have a nice, strong season for us this coming year. Should the Vikings be fortunate enough to acquire the services of Philip Buck Buchanan? <laughs> So, really, at this point in time, Vikings-wise, free agency has not been all too kind yet. So, we're just going to have to wait and see how things go. We'll be back next week. Hopefully, there's more and more talk coming out with the Vikings. Hopefully, we finally have a free agent signed. And at least, hopefully, Philip Buchanan's one of them. Maybe the running back situation will be resolved. There's also been talk about Albert Young. The Vikings just going from within, which, well, Albert Young was decent. But is he ready to take on that role, a role that was filled by a 29-slash-30-year-old player last year? I don't know about that. We'll we'll see. I think I, I think you got to have a veteran. I'm not, nothing against Albert Young. I think he deserves to play. I think he is ready to play in the NFL. And uh, that doesn't mean Albert Young never sees the field just because he's the third running back. You can he he could still see the field, folks. Trust me, he he could, especially with. Uh, you never know what's going to happen with running backs. I mean, they get hit more than anybody um, on the field. Every time they touch the ball, they're going to get hit unless they run out of bounds. And if they run out of bounds, that means there's probably a good chance that they broke loose on something. <sighs> so you get the idea. <laughs> lots and lots of bouncing around. <laughs> I try to keep it as organized as possible. We talked about that that stupid court case, and we got right into Chester Taylor in the running back situation. And into the the secondary yet again another <laughs> fairly pointed thoughts about the secondary position or the secondary position and the whole or excuse me the safety position and the whole uh, secondary in general and um, we'll just see how things go. So again, I'd like you to follow the Twitter Twitter dot com forward slash Purple Mafia Show Twitter dot com forward slash Purple Mafia Show. But also though, please. More importantly, do call into the phone lines here on thesportstuff.com, 209-736-7877, 209-736-7877. Do join in. We'd appreciate it very much. It is a voicemail. Do treat it as such as when you call in, mention you're calling in for Purple Mafia, leave your name in town. Like Joey from Golden Valley, <laughs> leave your name in town, and then opine. Say, uh, "Wow, great! We're after Philip Buchanan. We or we got him, ladies and gentlemen. We got him." Uh, Danny and Tomlinson, are you nuts? Why would you even consider him? Well, you know, whatever it is, go ahead and disagree. Go ahead and agree. Uh, talk about Favre if you want to. I don't know if you really have to right now. That's kind of on the back burner. I personally think he's coming back, and I think a lot of people would agree with that. 
so whatever. Talk about the uh, the secondary. Talk about everything, anything and everything you want. I even heard a caller on one of the local shows in town talk about the Vikings are going to take a linebacker in the first round. That'd be a little bit surprising, but you never know because the the health of VJ Henderson two years in a row out for the season. So we'll see it. We'll see what happens out for the season about mid midway through. Um, so we'll see what happens, how things go. If anything major breaks, I may have a show early if given enough time. Otherwise, for sure, we will be back by Monday again next week. So until then, go Vikings, sign a free agent, especially a defensive back, and uh, yeah, we will continue to follow the draft as we get closer and closer to April. So we'll talk to you soon. Oh, first, 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 first. <laughs> Please sign up to the message boards on the sportsstuff.com. Oh, I'm sorry, guys. There's a button in the upper right-hand corner that says TSS Boards. Do click on that. Sign up to the message boards. Very, very simple indeed. All you have to do is click register. After you click on the TSS Boards, get a screen name that makes sense so it won't be thought of of as spam and get deleted. And, uh, yep, you can discuss football, basketball, baseball, hockey, NASCAR, and anything else on there. It is a very awesome message board. Lots of cool people as well, so lots of football fans, that's for sure. And, and there's some Viking fans on there. Do get on there and do talk football with us. And uh, now I'm going to let you go. Do take care. We'll be back next week at the latest.